Good morning, church family. Please be seated. Thank you, honey. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Marilee Coston. I'm a member here at TAF, and I want to tell you, we have been so blessed. First of all, today, this music, amazing. Thank you to the praise team. Last week, we learned about heaven, the joy and the excitement of heaven and revelation. Thank you, Mr. Bragando. The week before that, we learned about standing in the fire with the Lord, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Thank you, Miss Sheldon. And next week, we get our pastor back. Let's round applause for that. Because Matt always blesses us. We are so, can you tell I love my church? For those of you visiting online today, Taft is an amazing place to come and worship. We are so blessed. We have people of every generation here. We have people of every kind and nation, and we're happy. That's the best thing. So before we start today, I want to invite the Lord to be with us. So please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you. We ask you to forgive us for our sins, to open our hearts to your word. I pray that you send the Holy Spirit to hold my hand, to hold my heart, and the hearts of my church. Be with us today as we look at your word. Open our minds to your thoughts and your blessings. For we pray this in the gift of your Son, sweet Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Okay, something you may not know about me is really I'm just an English teacher, okay? So um, the exciting part is, is that our lesson's not going to be real long today. Have you ever cheered for a teacher? Come on. That when the teacher says, the lesson's going to be short today, yeah, yeah, I, re I know times like that. As an English teacher, I get a word a day sent to my cell phone through the waves of the internet, and today my word was, quite ironically, the word was in spirit. It means to encourage and enliven someone. I can't think of a better way to start the day than thinking about praising God. So let's get started. Who, me, God? Have you ever asked God that question? Have you ever felt that you weren't the right choice for that job that God has asked you to do? Today I want to share with you the stories of several people in the Bible that felt that same exact way. Let's start at the beginning of the Bible in the book of Exodus. Now, the history of Moses' childhood 
his Jewish mother, pretty amazing lady, that she went against the king's decree. She was a slave in Egypt. And his rescue by the king's daughter is a fascinating story of God watching over his children. But we want to focus further in our story today when Moses has committed a murder. Yeah, he did that. Tur runs for his life, and he hides among some people as a shepherd. From a palace in Egypt as a prince to a wilderness being a shepherd was a big step down. Now, y'all that know me like I know I like a little sparkle, it would be real hard for me to go away from a palace and live in the woods with a bunch of sheep. But he did. He was afraid for his life. But he had settled down, got married, had a few kids. Some of us in here have done that. But God always has a plan for your life. And sometimes when we least expect it, he appears to Moses in a burning bush, amazing in itself. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but if I saw a burning bush, I, I would run. And he and the, explains the problems of the Israelites, and we pick up in Exodus 3, verse 10. It's there. Well, thank you guys in the back. Um, and he's, it says, so now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. This is God talking, y'all. He's telling Moses to go. And does Moses say, oh, yeah, sure, God, no problems. I'm your man for the job. I got you, God, sure. No. Let's read his response in verse 11. I love this. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? Who am I? Really, God? Who am I? Who? Me? Moses had become comfortable being a nobody doing nothing for God. Moses had become comfortable being a nobody doing nothing for God. Have we become comfortable too? Have you listened with your heart for God calling you to do things for our church, TAF? 
Has he called you to help others in the community, the homeless, those without clothes and food, those in the prisons, those that are your neighbors in your neighborhood? Listen to his small voice. God helped Moses to see his worth. As the story continues, Moses made some intentional resolutions about how to live his life. He chose to live by faith rather than by fear. He led God's people out of Egypt. He was there as God parted the Red Sea. He became the Israelites' advocate with God as they traveled through the desert. He even saw the glory of God's backside on the mountain and received the Ten Commandments. And all of this and more from a man who said, Who, me, God? Are you facing the same choices as Moses? Are you letting your past or your fear stop you from doing God's calling? Please listen for God's small voice. Our next example, I told you this is going to be short. Our next example, leading a nobody, is found in the book of Judges. Now, if you're a Bible student, you may have studied about Gideon. Raise your hand. Have you studied about Gideon? Now, do you know about all the tests he put God through? Let's talk a little bit about the history of Gideon's time period. This was not a good time for the Israelites. They had been doing evil in the sight of the Lord and worshiping false idols. Things were horrific. The Israelites were starving, both literally and spiritually. It was so bad that Gideon was hiding out in a wine press because the grape harvest had already come and gone and trying to thresh a little bit of wheat to be able to make some bread and not be caught by the thieving Midianites who had stolen everything from their land. Let's start reading in Judges 6, 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Is Gideon ready for this commission? Gideon answers in verse 13. Uh, pardon me, Lord. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midian. 
Have you ever felt like Gideon? Have you ever been so frustrated that things aren't turning out like you thought they would in the Christian life? God answers him in verse 14. The Lord turned him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? You know, if you ask God a question, you better be ready for the answer. He was asking Gideon, Do you have faith in me? I am the I am. But Gideon had covered himself up, looking at the surroundings of his situation, and sometimes it is our greatest roadblock in life. And we start giving excuses. Here are Gideon's excuses in verse 15. But how can I save Israel, God? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. Can you hear the whining in his voice? God is so patient. Have you ever given God an excuse? But Lord, I'm, I'm too young. But Lord, I don't have enough money. But Lord, you know that I'm pretty sinful, and I have too many problems. But Lord, I'm too busy. But Lord, but Lord, but Lord, I must confess to you something. When Matt sent out an email saying that he was taking a little sabbatical, and he asked some of us, would we be willing to preach? And I quickly, I sent back a text. I'm too busy. I'm substituting every day at the School of the Arts. And, and then there are the holidays. And, the, and I gave a lot of excuses. But then during that next week, the Lord spoke in my head and said, Oh, yeah, girl, you're too busy for me. Come on. Are you too busy for me? And I had to come and apologize to Matt and say, yes, I will serve my God. I will share the word with my family. Let's get back to Gideon. There was so much devastation around Gideon that he was even unsure that it was God talking to him. Friends, do we not have that same problem today? Is there so much evil around us that sometimes we question whether God is talking to us? He put out tests for God each step of the way, and God showed him that it was really God and not an evil spirit giving him these instructions. I don't know about you, but I would have been amazed if God totally burned up the sacrificial meal I had made, but... It took a lot of tests for Gideon to believe each time. And God was patient, like he is with us. 
The first step Gideon had to do was to destroy the evil idol set up on his family's property. As I read about this part of the story, I wondered, God, what modern things have I put up in my life to separate me from you? We need to listen for the soft voice of God as he shows us what idols are in our way of serving him. As the rest of Gideon's story unfolds, he becomes the great warrior that God had asked him to be. God had to shift through his army and make it so small enough for the glory to come to God and not to the soldiers. But that is a complete story all on its own. In the end, it was God's victory, not Gideon's. Our last man of the hour, really, he was a preacher and a prophet, is Jonah. Now, we have been studying this story for a long time as Christians, even as children. Remember the whale? How many of you remember the whale? Yeah, okay. The Bible actually says a big fish, but um, I want to focus on Jonah's excuses. He had a list of excuses, and he even thought he could run away from God. You can read about his whole experience in the book of Jonah. Let's start in Jonah 1, 1 through 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Did he stop and hear the voice of God? No. But Jonah ran away from God and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Really? Sometimes as humans, we do the most ignorant things. Can we run from God? Have you tried? I have. Sometimes when I read in the Bible, I know God put these stories in here for me because I've got some of the same sins and problems as these people, y'all. So let's go back and remember the story of Jonah. After the sailors and the ship threw him overboard at his request, he was swallowed up by a great fish. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, I'm just saying ooh. Three days Jonah was in the darkness of the belly of the fish as he prayed for God to rescue him. Have you ever been in a dark place? for three days. I have. Depression is real 
Sometimes our grief, our problems, our sins weigh us down. And like Jonah, we must cry out to the Lord to rescue us. God will hear our cries as he did for Jonah. In the hour of Jonah's despair, the Lord did not desert him. Through a series of trials and strange providences, the prophet's confidence in God and in his infinite power to save was revived. But it took how many days, y'all? Three days. I don't know about you, but I've been depressed longer than three days before. But for Jonah, a word from God told him what to do, and still for three days he had to pray in the belly of a whale. And God commanded the great fish to throw him up on dry land. Wow, that was an experience. I'm, I'm just not even going to think about the slime, okay? God gave him that grace that he was given a second chance to do God's will and preach God's message to Nineveh. Now, if you don't know about Nineveh, it was a really bad place. Probably make Vegas look like a nice place. <laughs> it was bad. Okay? And if God knew all the events of this story and how they would transpire, we can come to the thought that the salvation of Nineveh was also the salvation of Jonah. The salvation of Nineveh was the salvation of God's servant, Jonah. Are you needing this connection with your father today? Lift up your depression. Lift up your grief. Lift up your heart aches to him. He is there to bless you as he did Jonah. He is waiting to put you on dry ground. He is waiting to lift you to dry ground. He is waiting for your prayer. His grace is there for you. It is your hope. In the end of the story, the entire evil city of Nineveh repented and returned to following the true God. Their doom was averted. The God of Israel was exalted in honor in the whole city of Nineveh, and they followed his law. Jonah's message turned the people back to God. Jonah's message brought, brought grace back into his heart. How do these stories reach out to us today. God is wanting us to hear his small voice.
each of these men were able to get past their humanness to do great things with God. Are you willing to do the same? To close, let's read the scripture that lifts us up today. It's Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send.